Okay, the morning's going quickly. Final hour of the Fan Morning Show. Uh, Justin Cuthbert and Brent Gunning this morning. Uh, let's get right to our next guest, Luke Fox, because he's got a big day today. He's down at... Uh, Oh, is it Scotiabank Arena? Is it Ford Performance Center today? Oh, let us know. Just Luke, ask him. Luke, where, where are you headed? Uh, and, you know, to start off here, your biggest point of intrigue on one of the more interesting and fascinating days we'd imagine uh, in this recent history of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, heading uh, all the way to the Ford Performance Center, uh, their practice facility there in Etobicoke. And uh, should be probably the most interesting locker clean-out day that that I've covered since uh, since covering the Leafs. So uh, prepared for a newsy one today. Um, there, I, biggest point of intrigue. I mean, it, take your pick. There's a there's a smorgasbord of them, right? Like, what are they going to do with the coach? Uh, how does Kyle feel about the the season and his own uh, future? And then, of course, I think there's going to be a lot of questions now. Um, now that the season's wrapped, where we can start, you know, looking towards Austin Matthews and William Nylander and their uh, level of desire to stay because both are eligible to re-sign as early as July 1. And, and now that, you know, they can't say, well, our, our, we're keeping our focus on the ice, the focus is off the ice now. Um, and there's going to be a ton of questions, and, and I'm quite curious. I'm also a little curious what injuries um, guys were dealing with that weren't spoken about during, during the playoffs too. So no shortage of, of question marks heading into this one today. Yeah, plenty of question marks. Uh, I think a lot of people, you know, myself, I, I'm trying to wonder if I should read anything into the fact that we haven't heard anything yet. You know, obviously, Luke, you've been asked all the same questions. You've been thinking about it. You've been writing your pieces. The coach has been a big, big topic of conversation coming out of this. And, you know, unless we get something in the next, you know, 58-odd minutes here, seems like the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe, will be walking to a podium. Do you read anything into the fact that we didn't get any news yesterday? What I read into it is this thing is complicated and there's an order in which things have to happen. And I, I think you have to figure out first if the the president is coming back. I think it's, you know, decisions need to be made that high up. Then you have to decide if uh, the general manager who does not have a, a contract that we know of, you know, beyond the end of this, uh, the end of this um year uh if he's coming back and, and because if you're going to make a change uh at the gm position uh the new gm is going to want to hire his own coach and is it kyle kyle has been so loyal to sheldon over the years like incredibly loyal i remember actually this this very day last year we all gathered and one of the big questions was are you going to stick with sheldon keep uh heading into the last year that just passed and he said you know i don't care if you know bruce cassidy and pete DeBoer and barry trotz are all available and all free agents we're going to be talking about sheldon keith in the same breath as those guys before his career is done he was so loyal to him so is someone above kyle going to force him to fire him does kyle actually come to the realization that he's going to have to part ways with this guy that he's been riding with since forever like going back to to junior they won the the calder cup with the marlies uh is it to the point where he says looks his friend in the in the eyes and says sorry it, it, it's it's you or me this this has to be so uh ton, tons of questions it's very complicated but i think you have to figure out what's happening at the top level before you get to the coach and 
the fact that the Leafs are not owned by just one single owner that, you know, Bell and Rogers, in addition to Larry Tannenbaum, all have a seat mm-hmm. in the decision-making, I think complicates matters because everyone has to get on the same page here. So I, I would love to be a fly on the wall on, on some of the conversations that were happening behind the scenes over, over the weekend. Yeah, forget all or nothing. This that should have been uh, the reality show. Um, you you mentioned in your column you had forty two uh, not thoughts because well someone else has the thoughts. Uh, TM, but, but, but a only lot. One, only one person can do the. Thinking. I was going to say that'd be a wild move to just send in a forty two <laughs> thoughts uh, column to your to more. your boss Rory. Yeah, hey Rory, how do you like this? Yeah, that'd be a wild heat check by you. Uh, but you wrote about um, why it might be time to see a separation or fascinate a fascination about possibly seeing a separation between those two. And you said 12 months ago he stood by it. Over these last 12 months, do you do you sense that anything has evolved, changed, or even eroded when looking at the Keith Dubas relationship? No, I, I honestly think they've been on the same page. And I think back to the night that the Maple Leafs eliminated the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I asked uh, Sheldon Keith a question about, I think it was a, a general question. It wasn't about Kyle. It was, it was about what's the the biggest difference between this group and last year's group. Why was this the group uh, the one to get it done and get over the hump and finally win a playoff round? And he immediately turned the the answer into praise for Kyle. He went on and on about, well, I think the biggest reason is the work our general manager did, you know, getting Mark Giordano locked up for super cheap in the off season, you know, changing his, his course, Midseason and bringing in, you know, quote unquote, competitive playoff type guys in Nolachari and, and Ryan O'Reilly. And, you know, I think, you know, he he's had Kyle's back. Um, you know, are there times where I, I would guess behind the scenes that Sheldon maybe has got his wrist slapped uh, for some of his postgame comments? Uh, you know, he's called out the stars a couple times and then had to sort of walk it back or, or, you know, couch those comments. You know, I, I think of the soft and purposeless yep. game two years ago. We all and do. Those wrists and are then, worn out, Luke. And then he comes back. So, you want, you know, no relationship's perfect. I'm sure he says things and, and you know, goes in the office and like, well, let's not draw attention to this or whatever. But in general, I think they, they see the game of hockey very much the same way. It's a possession-style coach. It's a, a general manager who loves – uh, the analytics and guys who can, you know, drive possession and all that. So I, I don't think there's a rift between the two of them. I just think the results haven't been there. And I'd be very curious. I'd be curious to see what Sheldon Keefe could do in a different situation. I'd be very curious what, how Kyle Dubas could do with a different coach. I mean, we know it, it was an awful relationship with Mike Babcock, but there's, there is something in between a Keefe and a Babcock. Yeah, uh, literally miles. Uh, maybe maybe you could say the whole universe uh, between the relationship uh, that Kyle Dubas has with both of those uh, two parties. It'll be interesting uh, to see there. You know, there's been so much talk, and this was more coming out of the game three loss than anything we heard afterwards, but there's a lot of anger in the fan base from the lack of accountability you've heard players take. This goes back to even last year with, well, you know, we weren't getting bounces. And look, Luke, I tell you this all the time. I am the king of the Leafs weren't getting bounces fan club. I could talk for 20 years about the Morgan Riley goal that was but wasn't okay but even I don't want to hear that from these guys now you would like to see them or I would like to see them and I think a lot of people would step to the podium and have a little more accountability for for the way things went 
do you how much do you think that stuff matters? What we hear from the players today. I mean, Austin Matthews gets asked a pointed question about his future. That matters a lot. But doing all this, reading between the lines of how much guys want it and how the moment can kind of potentially eat some of them alive. Like, do you think we just have way too much reading into what's going to come today? Like, there will be newsy items coming out of it, but there's also going to be a Mitch Marner quote almost certainly that gets dissected 500 ways. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, in general, I think I. I I'd like to hear more of that accountability. I, I felt like I wanted to hear it uh, af- after in the game moment, right? three. Yeah. yeah, after game three and heading into game four, like when they went down 0-3. Uh, I, I think at that point, like in the moment now, I mean, uh, what the, yeah, I mean, they're just words at this point. Like, uh, I, I think we're past that. Maybe if they were in a different point in their trajectory, but now it's been seven playoff years, right, with one series win. And, you know, you can, you can blame the, the refs or whatever, but they, they played themselves into a position in that Florida series where, you know, you leave yourself vulnerable to one bad call or one bad goaltending performance or one giveaway. Um, you know, overtime is a coin flip. You leave yourself open to, the, to losing the series when you dig yourself a hole that deep. And, you know, like, let's be honest, John Tavares and Austin Matthews didn't score a goal. The way the team is constructed, you have to get production from the top guys. That, like, that's the whole bet. Now, is that the player's fault for not performing? Some of it for sure. Is it the general manager's fault for constructing a team that way that is so dependent on four guys that if a couple go, go sleepy for a while, then you're, then you're hooped? You know, that's part of it. Is it the coach's fault for not, you know, getting these guys to get engaged until game four? I think so. So, I, you know, it's a complicated issue. I really feel like there's blame to go all around. I don't think the players are immune. I don't think the coach is immune. I don't think the general manager is immune. Uh, so, like, if Kyle is going to continue on as, as managing this team, and I think he's a good executive, a smart one, that's, that's learned a lot um, over the course of his time here, I think, you know, he needs to be a little bit more open. And whether that means hiring a new coach, whether that means, you know, maybe breaking up the group and not because they're bad players, but just, I think you need a different mix. I think you need to spend a little bit more on your blue line. Uh, And, you know, Jake McCabe, I think he's a third pairing guy, like little things like that. Uh, You you know, when you spend so much at the top, then you're pinching pennies down at the bottom. And then if the guys don't come up for you, like, are you going to, Blame Mark Giordano? Are you going to blame Justin Hall? Look at their salaries. Like, (laughs) they are what they are. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Luke. And even, you know, we always talk about the idea of, well, what if the big money guys was a D? I even go the other way of just, what if three of the four big money guys played on different lines? The fact that they are always together in the top six. You know, if you had a group where, just spitballing here, Matthews had his own line, Nylander had his own line, and then you have Marner and JT together. If one of those goes cold, theoretically, you have two other groups that can kind of pick them up. Like, I even think that's been the problem for this group. And that goes to, would a different coach handle it different ways or, or, you know, how much of that is the group thing from Dubas as well? Like, I even think that is an interesting question to, to see. Yeah, well, it, does that come down to how much say do the players have? Do the players have more say than the Great coach? Great question, Luke. <laughs> you know? They, and and it, was, it was completely the opposite when Babcock was here because he was the highest paid guy in the, on the team. Like, he was the <laughs> captain and the coach. Like, it, and... and and then it flipped, like it really flipped Overnight, in a dramatic yeah. way. And you know, there, there's 
and no one's going to come out and say it, but there is an undercurrent of, well, this guy likes playing with this guy, so let's try and keep him happy. And if that, and if the, and if the guy needs a new contract, and, and then then you really want to keep him happy. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's yeah, I think I know who you might be talking about, Luke. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, it's just it's just not. Yes, it's about hockey and the and the best strategy to win the game, but there's something else at play too in in some of these decisions. Uh, for Mitch Marner, Luke, um, is it as simple as that? This market's too big, too loud, too close to home. You you start to wonder, right? And I I don't. I don't think he doesn't care. I think he really cares. I think he really wants to win here. Uh, but I also think the toll of playing in this town, spending his summers in this town, you know, Nylander gets on a plane, goes back to Sweden, six time zones away. Austin hops on a plane, goes to Arizona. Mitch, Mitch lives it, right? And it's not, even if he, you know, he's constantly saying how he doesn't look at social media, but uh, he has family and friends who are Leaf fans through and through, and th- surely they are, you know, reading some stuff or uh, seeing some comments, and I'm sure it filters to him somehow. And, and I think it's a it's a heavy weight for him. I think it's a really heavy weight for him. Uh, does that mean that we've reached a, a breaking point? I don't know. It's it, it's such a like to trade a talent of that caliber. That's a tough trade to win. But sometimes you wonder just mentally if, if he'd be a little freer in, in a different place. Uh, we'll be watching today, Luke, uh, and I'm sure you're going to be adding to the conversation. Just, you know, appreciate you having on this morning, taking the time this morning, but all season long, uh, you provided us with great insights. So we appreciate all the time that you've given us, even though, you know, we're going to be talking about the Leafs for the next eight weeks at minimum. Uh, but just wanted to say that we appreciated your work. Uh, over the course of the season. Yeah, that goes uh, double for me, Luke. Obviously, uh, helping out Gordo and I as much on post game uh, as you did. So thanks. Always enjoy chatting with you. And uh, thanks for coming on again with us this morning. All right. Appreciate that, guys. You guys both do great work, too. So uh, this, this is this is not this is not over, though. No, <laughs> no. Much, oh, no, no. Lots of news. Yeah. yeah now it's, now it's go flatter Daniela and Josh behind the glass <laughs> so they don't feel left out. Uh, thanks, man. Appreciate thanks, it. Luke. Uh, that's Luke Fox, uh, our NHL reporter here at Sportsnet. Um Mentioned the thoughts column. I don't know. It was it was it. Yeah, no, thoughts? it was. He used thoughts. All right, he used thoughts. Love it. Thoughts. Get, I like it. You know what that is? That's we always talk about. Uh, players need to infect the room with their personality. I don't even think these guys are like technically colleagues because I don't know how much space they share. That's Bexa <laughs> infecting Luke Fox. He's like, yeah. you know what? I'm just gonna get in his kitchen. I'm Everyone, calling it. Everyone's thoughts. taking shots now. Everyone's taking. And shots. guess what? Good for the room. We're yeah. all laughing. Got a great column out of it. Maybe go. maybe it's going to spurn Frege to an awesome pod with Merrick. I don't know. Who knows? There you go. It's an internal comp. Uh, no, uh, I just wanted to say from that, uh, lots of thoughts. And he was like speculating in one of those thoughts. And he said the end for maybe this, maybe that, mm-hmm. and maybe even the Hall and Oates song. I, I got to say, I mean, Luke, if... That's my one beef here is like, that's just wishful thinking. And he's, we had him on a couple weeks ago. He doesn't like the tragically hip. Doesn't like a lot of the songs you would hear at Scotiabank arena. He's more of a rap guy. Yeah, he is. And he'd be pushing for something like that. But I think he's trying to wish that into existence. I don't think that's a reality. I think hollow notes is never dying. Oh, there's, I think there's what, Oh no, no, you don't. I think there's one man who can kill it. And it's Brendan Shanahan. <laughs> will I think will he, he, though? No. Will I, he? You know what? I'm going to, for one last time, I'm going to do it. I am going to defend Hall & Oates is the goal song. The whole point. And now, the roster has not held up their end of the bargain. 
The whole point of the goal song being what it was is that it's annoying. The whole when we think is it? when we think of the Blackhawks Cup runs, at least me, one of the first things I think of is Roberto Luongo looking there all dizzy-eyed as that da 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 Blairs for the eight hundredth time. Right, and that the, song has some jam. The whole point of the Leafs core is that they are going to go pump seven past you in a period. And you're going to hear you make my dreams over and over again. And it is going to be driving you nuts to have it blaring over and over and over. That was the whole point of it. I genuinely in my heart of hearts feel that way. And guess what? The core didn't hold up their end of the bargain. It all goes back to the same place with everything. Those guys needed to put more pucks in the net and it would have grown on you instead of it being somehow we've all talked ourselves into, you know what? Maybe they hate the goal song so much they're 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 not scoring via protest and they don't want to hear it anymore. I I will defend it. You can change it. I'm not saying it can't change. I would love a little hip. I named my son Gord. Of course I would love the hip, okay? <laughs> but I will defend it just last time because I I'd be shocked if they don't change it just for because I have a feeling the change we're gonna see will be something, but not as cataclysmic as people expect. And they'll be like, slap a new coat of paint on it with Goal song X. Uh, I think the bigger question is who's going to be around to talk about potentially changing the goal song next September because we can set our watch to that discussion once again being reignited if they don't nip it in the bud. A reminder, we'll be airing the Maple Leafs end of season media availabilities immediately after our show 9 a.m. I don't know if we're getting any breaking news. we got about 40 minutes left. Uh, we'll be doing that right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan, J.D. Bunkus, will host the coverage, take you through the players and management. Dubas expected to be speaking as well. Blair and Barker will be on Sportsnet 360 at 10. Uh, as well as our alternate stream on uh, sportsnet.ca slash 590. Um, a little asked, bit of news, actually. Sorry, okay, I don't okay, want to. Okay. No, no, no. Give it to me. This is a guy we had on our show an hour ago, Frank Saravelli, hearing Flames plan to pursue permission to interview Leafs assistant GM Brandon Pridham for mm. their GM vacancy. So Once you said Flames, I was like, eh, I don't really care. No. Well, I, is- <laughs> I, well I, I'll be honest. When I, I So I made sure it was Frank before I read this. I did do my due diligence. But as soon as I saw Flames, I thought, mm, true living. That was where I thought this was going, mm. of Leafs potentially looking. But uh, the fact that Pridham is talking, this is the thing. We can read too much or too little into all of this. Does that say anything to you? About, now, I don't think well, a new. He, I don't think a new regime, to be a GM. I don't think a new regime was going to come in here and say, "Cal Dubas is right hand man." That's who we need. If you needed that, you would have just kept everything in. But does it does it tell you anything about the future of Kyle Dubas one way or another? I don't know. I, 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 I say no. Personally. I, I, yeah, I say no because you can go from capologist. If you can go from capologist to general manager in the National Hockey League, you, you do, do it. it. So he time. takes this interview one hundred percent. Not that like I, I'm he's done a brilliant job, clearly, and I don't want to diminish his role. Yeah. But capologist, it's not like there's one. Yep. There's not like there's one guy who knows nope. the CBA, so you can survive well, this, and, I think. And since and he, since he wrote it, because he was the guy. Like yep. he has been an, an, an invaluable to this organization. There have been changes to the cap since. So the idea that he is the guy who owns the I forget what the stone is called that allows you to understand all it's like he is the guy who can who can read everything in the cap. There are lots of guys who can do it. Not that he isn't important mm-hmm. to his job, but also the cap is like we have this idea that he's the one who wrote it, and he was. 
but it's changed since then. There have been little machinations and changes to the rules and all of those things. So uh, not an invaluable yeah. piece, but yeah. Just because he wrote it doesn't mean others can't memorize it. Uh, I think other people have uh, definitely mastered the art of working around the salary cap. We see it basically from every other team. So uh, yeah, clearly, Tampa Bay. clearly he's a valuable guy. Um, but does it mean Kyle Dubas is out the door? Does it mean that the Leafs are going to cap hell immediately? I don't think so. Uh, but good for him because this is, this is, you know, how it should work. You should prove yourself on one level and then get opportunities at the next level. And I guess Brendan Pridham will at least have the opportunity to interview with the Calgary Flames, who are looking for a lot of new members of their hockey operations department after cleaning house, after making the deal that we might be thinking the Maple Leafs will do with superstars exchanging hands at the end of last season. However, they're the ones that gave up clearly the best player with Matthew Kachuk out the door. I guess that could be a cautionary tale. Yeah. Uh, they gave up, or they got. They gave up the one that would be more like, "Oh, you're going to do something in the playoffs." Yeah, uh, well, the guy who puts up a lot. Of I was going to say, season. did they give up Chachak, or could they potentially be giving up Huberdo? Right. Like, what I mean, mean? If, well, I mean, if you're just looking at the two Either players, way, but like, Matthew Kachak hits 100 points this year, but before he hit that, he was seen. Oh as no, the, I was talking about Huberdo. Oh, he, he's okay. the one who scored all yes, the points. Yes, okay, okay. And it's like, oh, you don't want to get like, we're on the same oh, page he didn't, here. he did not deliver yeah, in the playoffs, and they're like, no, we don't want you anymore, yeah. and they traded him. So yeah. uh, Matthew Kachuk's don't come around every year, no, nope. uh, or kind of ever, or ever. Yeah. So uh, that was a that was quite the move by the Florida Panthers, and we know what it resulted in. Uh, I asked Luke about point of intrigue. I'm mm. assuming it's not Pridham at this moment. Yes. Your biggest point of intrigue heading into today, we're about 30 minutes, 30 plus minutes away from uh, the beginnings of the conversations happening at Ford Performance Center. I started the day thinking it's the coach, but based on what we hear from Luke, what we heard from Frank, it, it feels like the biggest point of intrigue is still, we got to start at the absolute top. I think you start at the top and you work your way down. We do not as yet have clarity on Brandon Shanahan. Now he is under contract. So unless we get an announcement, that's the clarity. He like, they're not going to make an announcement saying Brandon Shanahan still has his job. Okay. So I don't think we need to look for clarity on that, but it immediately goes to Dubas. That's the guy I need to know. I would very much be curious to hear the questions that he gets asked as a guy who will, until he signs a contract, have no say in how this team is put together. He is going to get asked very pointed questions about Austin Matthews contract and about Mitch Marner's future and about William Nylander, presuming he speaks today and presuming we, that's the thing. Will we get an announcement before he talks or not? Because if he, if there is an announcement and he talks, it's going to become a circus. Quite honestly, it's just going to be, where's your deal? What's happening with that? It's just going to turn into that. If we get an announcement that he's the GM, then I think it completely changes the tenor of the day. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a lot of Sheldon Keefe. We haven't made our decision. Like, it just seems mm-hmm. like it's going to be a nothing day of news. It's going to be a lot of people talking, answering questions, but the big questions we have to answer will still be unanswered because of the GM and everything there. Uh, I think, I think Kyle Dubas could meet, hit the podium and be like, yeah, we had to move on from Sheldon. I think that's possible. The yeah. only guy that's a statement guy, the only guy who would be like, oh, it happened last night and we're going to talk about yeah. it tomorrow is Brendan Shanahan. Yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to do Kyle Dubas that way. Right. I could I could see them not having made a decision based on Kyle Dubas because the negotiation yep. is in progress and you can't just hide forever, although yep. the Raptors kind of tried to do a they little bit tried. of that. Um, I, I expect... Yeah, that there maybe not answers to all the questions, but that big fish thing, if it was yeah. going to be Shanahan, if it was going to be a complete overhaul, yeah. I think we would have heard it over the weekend. Or some 
somebody, and this is not a knock on reporters. Like, that's an incredibly tough job. It's just we would have had a nugget from somebody if there Probably. was going to be cataclysmic change to the most important hockey team in the NHL. I think we would have heard it. Just yeah, so a rumbling here or there. We will find out for sure uh, momentarily, and we've got you covered all day or all morning here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. But next up, we've got Steve Dangle to go through one last, I wouldn't call it a therapy session, but definitely the fan angle. Uh, it's been, you know, 48 plus hours since uh, all the raw emotion has worn off. I forget what but I, I called him. You guys had, I was filling in one day during the season, and I believe I called him the patron saint of leaf suffering or something in along those lines. So it feels like a I mean, perfect I, guy to I bring don't, in. I don't think I could stop that. So up next, the patron saint of leaf <laughs> suffering. <laughs> Everything you need to know about the Blue Jays, Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're back on the Fan Morning Show, Sports 590, the fan, Justin Cuthbert and Brent Gunning. Uh, no wake and rake today. We got Dangle. We got Leafs discussion. We might get breaking news in the final five minutes. So we are just going to leave it at that today and focus on uh, what matters the most, which is the Maple Leafs cleanout and the discussions to be had this morning at Ford Performance Center. Uh, we have you covered. We'll be taking everything live, players throughout the day. Uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a very, very interesting morning. In early afternoon with the Toronto Maple Leafs. But to tee that up and to discuss big picture items this summer and beyond, we got Steve Dangle, co-host of the Steve Dangle podcast, and watch a game with Steve Dangle. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning. How you doing? How you uh, how you feeling a couple days after the fact? Um, uh, kind of like you, uh, like just ready for uh, the bomb to go off, whatever that bomb is. You know, the the president, uh, the 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 GM, the coach, the star players, uh, it does feel like we're just sitting around and waiting for a huge explosion. Yeah, it, uh, it certainly does. You know, we're all kind of playing guessing games as to what could come, what may come. If I ask you, what do you want to see happen? And this isn't me saying sketch out the entire offseason, but big picture. Do you, do you want a core four member move? Do you want a new GM? Do you want a new coach? Where Where is Dangle's brain at on, on this Monday morning? I, I think it all comes down to the core four. And, you know, I, I, I often this conversation comes up and, and you know, it's, it's always got to be someone's fault. I don't think it needs to be anyone's fault. I think it's just we have enough um, proof that the combination doesn't work. Right. Uh, and take your pick who you want to trade out of town. But, you know, you got you got some no move clauses kicking in uh, July uh, 1st. You have to act now, um, you know, whether it's, you know, Matthews, which I know no one has the stomach for. Tavares is a full no move, so that's not going to happen. Willie, you probably get good value for, but you should probably keep him on account of he's good value. And, uh, you know, then there's Mitch, who is arguably the team's MVP all season long. But, you know, we've tinkered around the edges. We've added these good pieces. We've convinced ourselves, you know what, that, you know, this is the guy, Ryan O'Reilly, hell yeah, and Jake McCabe. And we've, we've fiddled with having a, a, you know, a university student as a backup goalie, you know, in, 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 you know, games that weren't important, but an injured goalie was playing 
you know, and ended up getting injured in the playoffs. So maybe the games were important. It's it all comes down to that cap crunch with the core four. If we did word association with you and it was uh, core four and trade, what like the image of who pops into your head? Uh, Mitch Marner hoisting the cup above his head somewhere else. Mm. Yeah, like it, I I don't doubt the ability of any of these guys to win the cup. Like they're all great players. It's just I I don't think the combination works. Yeah, there's there's certainly something uh, something to it there, and I I tend to go there. I mean, I think I think we're probably looking at a coaching change, and I don't like you said to go back to the beginning of I don't know that this is Sheldon Keefe's fault, but things have gotten stale. Needing a new voice, you can't completely change everything in one summer. I think all the the cliches apply there. You know, I do want to we're, we're spending a lot of time looking ahead here, and it's Fan Morning Show. Brent Gunning, Justin Cuthbert, very happy to be joined by Steve Dangle, and you know we're we're spending all this time looking ahead. I hate to drag you back into the torture chamber with me, but that's where I live. So. You have to you have to come with me for now, Steve. Just the Riley goal. Like, how long is that going to live in infamy? The fact that it's not a game seven, it's a game five. The fact that you had such a putrid showing in that series through most of it up to that point, I think takes it down a peg. I don't even know if it's the the Justin Hall pick penalty from from game seven, but just in your yeah, I'm not asking you to rank it among terrible leaf moments, but just where does it kind of kind of sit for you a few days afterwards? Uh well, I mean, the Justin Hall pick penalty, since you brought it up, Oilers fans uh, got a taste of, of Wes McCauley. And the, the, <laughs> stuff, the stuff that was allowed to go on in last night's Oilers-Vegas game, right? The stuff that was allowed to happen, the stuff that went uncalled, and they called Hall in Game 7 last year? Shut up. Just shut up. Yes. Oh, my God, these guys stink <laughs> at their job. Holy cow. Sorry, I don't... Oh, my God. You brought it all back. That's exactly what I wanted. What Thank question? you. Yeah, the que- um, no, that was the question. The question was, please be angry and yell at the radio. And you did it, Steve. So, yeah, oh, no. Yeah. Just Morgan Riley, the no goal. Yeah. Oh, the, the no goal. Um, I No Lee fan wants to hear this. Oh, it's the I, right call. Ugh, I don't uh, want to hear that at all. That's terrible. Well, in, it, okay. It's because I'm of two minds. One, do I think the puck was in the net? Yep. Absolutely. That was a goal. <laughs> it was a goal, but you, number two, you can't prove it. Like, it, you know, it, everyone's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure your uncle has said, I, I got this image on Facebook. It shows the puck in the net. You, you cannot prove. I am my 100%. uncle. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yo, dude, You're talking to him. I, there, there are parts of my brain that are also my uncle, you know, like, but, but uh, you, you can't prove beyond a shadow of a doubt. It, 100% of that puck was 100% across the line. And if the shoe was on the other foot, um, we wouldn't want that goal to count. Um, it's haunting, and in a way it's appropriate for this team. But for the second straight year, um, the Leafs have a goal called back in an elimination game on home ice. Them's the breaks. What did you learn from – because he was, frankly uh... – Awesome. Morgan Riley was. He was the leader of this team. Uh, he was the beating heart. He stepped up when others didn't. And yet the entire conversation all year was, well, seven and a half million dollars. That's a waste. Got to find a way to move him. I, what did you learn from the, the Morgan Riley story this year, his narrative arc, and how we should apply, you know, 
regular seasons, regular season context to winning and postseason to building a team? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I'm not nearly as wrapped up in regular season success on account of uh, home ice advantage, as it turns out, doesn't matter one lick. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, they won, what was it, one out of six games? That's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. So they, they fought so hard for that for nothing. Um, but, I mean, I think it showed how, uh, you know, kind of irreplaceable Morgan Riley is on this team. Like, uh, you know, there's so many guys who you see do such special things in the regular season, and they're just not able to find that extra gear in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Morgan Riley found that gear and and then some. He was easily their most valuable player uh, against Tampa, I thought. Um, He had more goals in the playoffs than he did in the regular season, which I think is hilarious. 11 games versus 65. Um, This team needs guys who are able to elevate their game and he's one of them. So, uh, you know, when, when we have the conversation of who's staying and who's going, he can't go. He can't. He's one of the only players on this team who is able to do the thing that we all want them to do. Also one of the only players who took less. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's took, took a bit of a haircut there. Uh, you know, we, I feel like we as the like entire Leafs chatting media apparatus across all platforms, we just need to agree on a like sounder or a drop we will play whenever Morgan Riley's name gets brought up throughout the regular season that just indicates like almost like you hear at the end of commercials for like uh, prescription drugs. It's like side effects may include and it's like all Morgan Riley conversations will be couched in the idea that the regular station does not the regular season does not matter so we will not be having this conversation like we all spend so much time talking about this team and guess what he's probably going to have a ho-hum regular season because it's what he's done for the last couple of years but it just does not matter um one thing that you know this is a classic thing you see your team get beat by another team and you say what is the thing that they do that this team doesn't you try to replicate it copycat league all that stuff and when i sit there and look at the florida panthers the one thing i look at and say "Mm, i wish the leafs did have that They got a lot of jerks on that team. You know, the puck goes over their bench, over the glass in OT, and they are screaming at the officials. They are in the least face. We saw the clip of Gudis screaming at Joe Wall after the final goal goes in. And, you know, the Leafs got a lot of choir boys out there. They got John Tavares basically shaking the ref's hand for giving them the penalty in overtime, not getting animated, not screaming at him. And I'm not saying every guy on your team needs to be a little unhinged or a little on the, you know, aggressive side of things, but could we have two or three of them? You know, I know they tried to get more of that jam with Achari and and O'Reilly, but I don't even know if even those guys have it quite to the extent I would like. Like, how much of the off-season wish list is just, I don't know, how about one or two jerks? No, I'm, I'm saying they, they need to be nuts. I'm saying they need to be... <laughs> listen, like, here's, here's what the Leafs need. Um, okay, like, uh, you know, a fan comes up to you, you sign your autographs, you do your charity initiatives, whatever. We need hockey players who, the second they put on their skates and get on the ice, are bad people. Mm-hmm. They need to be like reprehensible human beings, borderline criminals. Uh, because, you, dude, I'm sorry. Look at look at who's won the cup uh, for years and years and years. You can point to these teams, and what's important is they're all important players to the yeah, team. They're all guys in the, 
in the top six, right? Like no amount of uh, Wayne Simmons and, and all these guys who you're able to get for, for near league minimum can alleviate the fact that your top guys don't go. They do not go. Nylander doesn't go. Matthews doesn't go. Marner doesn't go. Tavares doesn't go. Uh, Kachuk will eat your face while you're still alive. <laughs> Sam Bennett uh, plays hockey with absolutely no integrity and in his reward Matthew for nice. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick Cousins uh, is not typically a top six player, but he ended your season. You know, up and down their lineup, they have key contributors who are sociopaths. Like what, once the puck drops. And the Leafs simply don't have that. Now, I, you know, Kucherov is out of his mind. <laughs> and Evgeny Malkin is absolutely out of his mind. Um, you, you know, you can, you can look at, you know, it, even a guy like Braden Point, who is not one of those guys who's completely out of his mind, but he's kind of unstoppable <laughs> like he's 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 at very least not afraid to take a beating he's not going to evade a check he he you, you want to see uh who's who's buddy from braveheart who goes that'll wake you up in the morning boy <laughs> you, you, you almost you almost need one of those uh in in the lineup you know if they're if they're not willing to uh to give it out they got to be able to take it and i don't i don't know if this court can do either yeah, listen, we can't reach for Oilers comparables anymore because we just saw what happened to the Edmonton Oilers. But, like, you know, I mean, Evander Kane played oh. with an Austin Matthews, right? Like, someone who's mean, someone who can elevate Matthews in that way, someone who, who like, takes a lot of that pressure. Like, if Austin Matthews played with an absolute bully who can actually play and put the puck in the net and give the puck up when needed, like, that feels like something that could help Austin Matthews actually rise in these moments. Well, and that, that cross-check... Came late on um, Alex Petrangelo. I think it was in Game Three. Yeah, like in the final seconds of the period, there was part of you that went, "Oh, oh, oh!" Like, it, like as it's happening, you're like, "Oh, he's out of his mind." Steve, <laughs> Steve, I came on the air the next day and said I would have killed for somebody to do that, even though it was, to your point, a reprehensible thing to do. Well, because, like, I don't know. At what point are we going to stop whining about the officials? And by the way, legitimate, valid feedback but at some point we got to decide okay we cheer for a, a team that we love in a bad league it's a bad league um like the the more i watch the what mark Stahl did to mitch marner uh, at the end of regulation bad it's yep. a bad league it's a, that just goes completely unpunished even after the fact bad league you can't have it the goodest goal like i know okay the leafs lost of their own accord they lost of their own account. The Panthers beat them. Congratulations to them. In no league worth watching is that a goal. <laughs> but you need to go out and get nut jobs who are willing to do that sort of thing, who are willing to be like, you know what we haven't incorporated into our strategy? Simply grabbing a defensive player's stick because we know it's not going to get called. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what do, we, what do we think? The correction's coming? No, officiating is going to stay terrible. Go get nut jobs. Yeah, that's kind of where I was leading you with Riley. Like, at some point, you just have to identify, like, the, the things and the people that work in the context of playoff hockey, right? Well, like, I, can I can I throw something at both of you? And I'm with you. I yeah, think yeah. you do need to do that. 
Now, Steve, you are my brethren in this, so feel free to tell me if I'm crazy, because if you can't come with me on this, then nobody will. But do we honestly, in our heart of hearts, believe if the Leafs assembled a team full of criminals that was on a national game every single night and they were getting away with, like, we just watched Michael Bunting get away with stuff that was not criminal. It was just kind of whiny. And it was a referendum on him never being allowed to get one over on a ref again. Well, whining do, doesn't work in okay, the playoffs. Okay, but do like we, that's, that's do we honest, point. but my point is, do we honestly think in our heart of hearts that it wouldn't become a conversation of this criminal Leafs team, you got to punish them. You got to make sure they are the fulcrum for the league. They're all we ever talk about. They're the Cowboys, the Yankees, and the Lakers all rolled into one because we focus so much much on Canada with this game specifically. Like, Steve, do you have that worry that if the Leafs built a team that way, that the officials would not officiate them the way they officiate a Florida Panthers team built that way? You're asking me if I have a worry if the <laughs> NHL will find every fathomable way to make every mistake and screw everything up? Yeah, of course, but at least we'll be entertained Okay. Uh, okay. in the process. You, you know what the most unforgivable uh, thing is now that we're on this topic? Yeah. So bunt, bunting getting three games for a greasy hit, whatever, fine, uh, even though so many, like here we are again, we're deep in the playoffs and Elise has taken the longest suspension, even though we've seen that hit replicated a thousand times. Jason Spezza oh. getting six games <laughs> <laughs> After nearly two decades and over a thousand games of uh, suspension-free hockey, it is unfathomable. That, that's the peonk knee, right? It's the, yeah. yeah, and listen, it was greasy. It, it was, was real greasy. greasy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you shouldn't have done it. Six. <laughs> we just watched Alex Petrangelo. Kind of my point. Kind of my point. Alex Petrangelo tried to injure the league's leading scorer, and you can make a very easy argument, best player. We just watched him try to injure that guy, and they factored into their decision, well, we don't want him to miss an elimination game. You bunch of bums! You're running a league, allegedly! Listen, I, I, like, oh I, I'm, gener God. I'm generally not the guy that says the Leafs have it harder than everybody else and that everyone's out to get the Leafs, but you, lay, you lay out some I decent facts there. It's my job. Uh, Steve, aside from hiring criminals, uh, w what do you want to hear today? Uh, I want to, I mean, hear an uh, uh, absence of excuses. <laughs> I'm just not able to hear it. I, I think I, I'm, I'm down to hear some reminiscing. Yeah, I think that's it. I just think that's where I continue to get to on this. It's just the idea of there's nothing these guys could say. Maybe there was something they could have said immediately following the loss of just heaping piles of blame on themselves. And I'm accountable and I'm the one who wears this. And you would have wanted to hear that to a man. But if they go out and they say every right thing, word for word today, it's going to be like, great, what an awesome press conference PR put together because that's what it's going to feel like. It felt like you had two days to get your answers right, and now you're saying the right thing. That, that's, what, that's where I kind of land out on it. I don't know about you. Yeah, they had their chance to talk on the ice. I don't want to hear any of their words. Uh, last one for you, Steve, uh, and quick, because, well, we've taken up too much of your time, but we got to go too. Uh, the most tilting moment of this entire playoff run is what? Um, I mean, when they blew it in game one, mm. like we, we saw how hot of a start they had in game one. Uh, we, we started to, you know, you know, sugar plums and whatever dancing around in, in our heads. Um, 
you know, oh, oh I wonder who we're going to get in the third round. <laughs> you know, so they, when, they, when they blew it in game one, they win that game. They simply hold on to a two-goal lead, which should be an easy enough thing to do. It's a completely different series. Yeah, I feel like that might have elicited the, the most visceral response from us, too, now that I'm thinking about it, because yeah. it was so frustrating after what we saw against Tampa and the breakthrough, maybe the undeserved breakthrough that they showed up the way they did in Game 1 versus the Florida Panthers. Uh, Steve, great work as always covering this team. Uh, the grind's not over yet, but you're almost there, and we appreciate your time this morning. No problem. Hope the league gets better. <laughs> That's it Steve won't. Dangle, <laughs> host of the Steve Dangle podcast, and... Uh, Guy who's upset with the National Hockey League. Buddy, that's me. It's just me. I love it. I knew, I knew if I just, I didn't need to say, hey, Steve, yell at the refs. I knew if I just laid a little bit of catnip out, it's like, just like, it's like, you know, just like tracing it out. I want you over here. There's a, there's your cage over here. Not that I wanted to put Steve in a cage, but I wanted to put him on a platform mm-hmm. to be screaming about the refs. Just had to, just had to give him a little bit of bait and he was ready to do it. So I asked Steve, uh, what he wants to hear here today. What do you want to hear today? Um, nothing. I, I genuinely, I genuinely do not think there is a thing outside of the decisions that will be made outside of the thing that we will hear, whether it comes from the lips of someone sitting at a table or the press release about a coaching change or whatever's going on with the front office or anything of that, there is nothing a player could say. Would I love to hear Ryan O'Reilly say, I'm going to take the Mark Giordano deal? I'd like to hear that. That's not going to happen today. So there's really nothing realistic that you can hear from that podium. I imagine, I would hope these guys got some PR training or no, not got because they will get it. Listened to the PR training saying, see, I'm the opposite. The train generally gives us the thing that we're most frustrated. Well, no, but about. this is the thing. They, they, there is. There's two options. They come out and they say the can PR answers, or they say what they really feel, and that's just going to frustrate everybody to no end. So that's why I say there's nothing I want to hear. I don't think these guys in their heart of hearts want to heap accountability on themselves. That goes back to all the problems we've talked about. Will John Tavares I agree say with it? That. Yeah. Will William Nylander say it? I don't know. Who knows what Willie's going to say? But I don't think you're going to see Matthews and Marner line up there and say, this is all on me. I don't. I'd be shocked. I would like to see these emotions evolve to a certain point because we saw, you know, we saw upset players clearly in the the moments that that followed the game. And that happens every year. But if these emotions are even stronger than they were a couple nights ago, if they're angrier than they were, I feel like that would be refreshing to see actual raw emotion rather than, okay, these guys look nice in their athleisure and they're calm after a couple days because they've had a couple days to actually digest what actually happened. At some point, this has to like really, really bother them. And I'm not convinced we've seen it like bother them to the extent where they're going to make a change. Like it's got to bother someone to the extent where they have to make it a change, whether it's hockey operations or actually mm-hmm. at the player level, eventually it has to bother them to the point where they do something about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. You would love to see that. And I think that's not something you hear. That's, and this goes back to body language, doctoring, how much can you buy what they're saying? And everybody has different mileage on that. It will be fascinating. Whatever comes out today. Uh, we got a jet. JD Bunkus is next. He will take you through everything that happens down at Ford Performance Center today as the Leafs clean out their lockers. It should be an interesting one. We will chat tomorrow.